Welcome to Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. Eddie has his paw poised over the launch button and he has some great guests waiting to meet us. So just sit back and enjoy the show. OK, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, children, teachers and schools. Welcome to Eddie's Launchpads. This is episode 13 and our first guest is Ellie Freeman. She's not only got a son who's at Dogsthorpe Infant School who is studying there, but she has also got a very, very important job in the National Health Service. It's lovely to have you on the show, Ellie. Hello, thanks for having me. First of all, um, how is your child getting on and how are things regarding the school at the minute? Yeah, so my son uh, started in reception in September last year. Transition from preschool to, to primary school wasn't as we had hoped due to the pandemic. Everything was done online. However, we, we, were, we were happy with the preparations that were put in place to the best of their abilities. So he did get a chance to meet his teacher online a number of times. We got a chance to meet some of the teachers. So not the ideal way of starting school, but it, it worked and was done done in the best way possible um he's now been there for a term he's settled in really nicely we've got to know some of the teachers the best we can and he seems very happy there and is, is thriving in his learning i mean the most important things we miss so much are the ways in which we could in, engage with parents before the children started school and we so miss that and we missed the children coming into school the parents coming into school in in the summer and getting all the summer parties going and the children running around school so they felt comfortable in the corridors all that we couldn't do so that's that was a shame and also the the nativity that was another a big loss to the school and whilst it's okay to film it it's not like actually being there so thank you for your comments about the school now i want to talk about what you do for a living now now you're the team manager for the peterborough and cambridgeshire nhs trust uh, what exactly do you do? What's your role? So, yeah, I'm the team manager for an NHS team called Individual Placement and Support, um, and we cover the whole of Cambridgeshire. Um, we Individual Placement and Support is a, 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 a model of supporting people with severe mental illness into paid employment. It's been around since the 90s, originated in America, and has kind of spread worldwide, and it's, it's all across England now. So we support people who have mental health conditions into paid employment, and the sort of conditions we support people with are those that have got schizophrenia, psychosis, bipolar, or the severe ends of depression and anxiety. So we, um, we're based in what they call the secondary mental health services. So in order to um, be able to be eligible for our support, people do need to be under one of our community mental health teams in Cambridgeshire and Peterborough NHS Foundation Trust. Um, the reason individual placement and support teams have been set up is because there's some really quite alarming statistics out there that 90% of people with severe mental illness want to work, but only 8% of people are actually in work. And I think 
I've worked in mental health for nearly 20 years now. And more traditionally, people used to be told, you'll never be well enough to work. Don't worry about it. Don't think about work. Whereas now we very much see employment as part of someone's recovery. And if, you, if you're if you in the right job and you're happy, you're more likely to have a better well-being and the recovery from your mental illness is going to be better. But it needs to be the right job. We all know if we're in the wrong job, we're not going to be happy. We're not going to sustain it. So we're very much working with people to work towards their individual preferences, supporting them. We only work on paid employment, but I'm a big advocate of any sort of vocation is good for our mental health. So that can be voluntary work or educational training. But specifically, we do support people into paid employment. Um, And so far this year, so our our year starts in the financial year. So since April 2021, we've supported 81 people into work across Cambridgeshire. Being a part of of a bigger picture and feeling a part of a team, that's all good for mental health, isn't it? Absolutely. Work brings... I mean, yes, a lot of us are driven by the fact we need money in the bank to pay the bills at Mm. the end of the month. But... um, just generally being unemployed is damaging to our well-being. Um, we don't get used to being unemployed. If anybody's ever had to take a period of time out of work, um, our well-being can be permanently reduced. And we work with people that have never never worked, they've not worked for 15 years, or they might have just been out of work for a few months. We will work with anybody. Um, and we have supported people that have never worked into employment, so it's absolutely possible. We're going through this terrible pandemic and we're still going through it, even though we thought last summer we were coming out of it. Here we are back in these worrying times. We don't know where we're going with it and uh, hopefully we'll come out of it. How damaging has the pandemic been on mental health, would you say? Certainly mental health services nationally have seen a massive increase in the amount of referrals coming through. Um, So more and more people are being referred for assessments from the community mental health teams. More people are being admitted into our inpatient wards or being seen by the crisis teams um and it's just you know we, we get to a point where we reach reach capacity but, but, you know there's no more beds or you know the community teams are having to take on more and more referrals um and then the, that's the impact on us as a team because we get referrals from our community mental health team so we've been running a waiting list for 12 months we've got over 40 people waiting to see us and these are people that want to be in work um thankfully our commissioners are investing in our team um, the next financial year and we're getting three new members of staff so we are expanding and we will continue to be able to support people but yes there's there's lots of pressures as as we know the pandemic um, for many of us have probably almost all of us have experienced some sort of mental health um, struggle during the pandemic whether that's due to the anxiety of the pandemic or the anxiety of not being able to see our family and friends um a lot of people lost their jobs after furlough ended it's just a never ending and and we very much suspect the mental health impacts of the pandemic are going to go on for a long time there are still people that probably need help that haven't reached out yet well with the numbers of people that you are treating and that you're caring for going up How are things in regard more locally with Cambridgeshire and Peterborough? How are you getting on as a team and your colleagues? As a, we're a very small team and we are able to work from home and remotely, um, which helps. But we have teams that, such as on our inpatient wards and our community mental health teams, they need to be out there or on the wards having face-to-face contact. Our trust is working really hard. They've got great infection control policies and support um, and they're doing very well to kind of manage any if there are any COVID outbreaks amongst staff but it is an ongoing um, 
concern at the moment and um, there have been some staff that have had to be redeployed from their their usual positions to go and support those crisis pathways because that's where we really need people um, and of course there's there's the recruitment issue so um, you know I love working for the NHS and as challenging as it can be I would encourage anyone to consider a career in the NHS um, and Part, part of what we're trying to do at the moment is a, is a good recruitment drive and, and encourage people to come and work with us and, and stay with us. So, um, yes, there are there are lots of challenges. But as I say, our, our kind of senior managers are doing their very best to manage it and so that we can continue to provide safe and effective care for all the patients who are under our care. Well, on behalf of the people of Dogsthorpe uh, and us at school, we thank you for all you do. And we're, we're really grateful and pass on our best wishes to all those you work with and all of your colleagues in the trust. If there's somebody out there listening to this podcast struggling with their mental health, what would your advice be to them? There's a number of things that people can do. Um, if I think of what support's available from our trust, I don't know if you've heard of something called our first response service. So that's the 111 option, but for mental health, that's open to anybody in Cambridgeshire. You don't have to be receiving mental health services. They're an excellent service. They'll be, they're there 24 hours a day. They will listen to you and they will either, if needed, do the assessment themselves or they will signpost you to the relevant service. And whilst, yeah, I would absolutely recommend anybody who's struggling and or if you're a carer or a friend of someone who's struggling, whilst they might not be able to talk uh, details of that person's case they will give you advice um, obviously GPs still that you know there's a lot of bad press about GPs but they're absolutely out there and supporting people and if people are to contact their GP to say they're struggling with their mental health then the GP will support them and again let them know um, where they can get support um, our psychological well-being service in CPFT who offers um Cognitive Behavioural Therapy is a self-referral service um, and they support people with mild to moderate anxiety, depression, social anxiety. They've been doing stuff on needle phobia. So if anybody's not had their vaccination because they're needle phobic, they will do some support around that. So um, search for the Psychological Wellbeing Service and you can do a self-referral. Um, and then there's, of course, uh, Samaritans and, and places like that which are completely confidential and anonymous but there's always someone to talk to all I would do is encourage people to talk to someone um, and as family and friends of people that are struggling it's okay to be really direct with someone and say you're not okay are you how are we going to help you just be really direct so that we can find out what's going on and how that person can be best supported Ellie thank you for your time today you're doing amazing work long may it continue Thank you so much. We've got a special guest for you today. Her name is Annabelle Jeffcott. I'm a teacher's work-life balance coach. And what that means is I help teachers to reduce anxiety and switch off without guilt. So most teachers would have felt it when you get those emails come through and someone's told you not to answer it, but you're like, I've just, I've got to do it now. I've got to do it right now. Or you sit down on the sofa and you're like, oh, I just need to if I just mark one more book. Or if I just, maybe I'll catch up with myself. But the to-do list just doesn't seem to end. And a lot of teachers I work with tend to go to bed at night and they're just thinking about everything they've forgotten to do that day, what they might forget tomorrow. They worry about the kids, you know, have they helped them enough? Do they need to do more? How are they going to help them catch up? Well, that's that word that we've heard so much over the last year. My goal and my intention with all the work that we do at Balance for Teachers 
is to reduce stress-related illness, not just for this generation, but for me, when I work with teachers, it's the impact it has on the kids because the children don't just learn the stuff we're teaching. It's the way that we are, the, the way that we behave, the how we deal with stressful situations, they pick up on it. So I don't just wanna stop stress-related illness in this generation, for me, every teacher that I help helps 30 plus more children every single year. And the more change that you have in your life, whether at work or at home, the more stress your body has to deal with. So having one life event in a year is not that bad. We can pretty much cope with that. When we have multiple life events, or if we have a pandemic, for instance, um, or we have at school lots of life events or big experiences happening, as well as at home. So maybe you're moving house or you've changed your diet or you've been through a breakup, a divorce or something like that. Your body is then mentally and physically trying to cope with all of that at the same time. What we get to appreciate with work-life balance is there's no right or wrong it's just that we get to understand ourselves and what we are having to deal with. And if you've got a lot of change at work and a lot of change at home, you're asking your body to deal with a lot of change, an immense amount of change. And there's only so much a human can actually get through and, and process in their body before it becomes too much. So one of the strategies that we teach at Balance for Teachers is how much routine do you want in your life and how much variety do you want in your life? So during the pandemic, when we were in lockdown, everyone was screaming with bore out, right? Bore out is a terminology of like, we, you just don't have enough to do. And yet there was teachers trying to get on Zoom, trying to like do all of this other stuff. And eventually they got to the point where they got into a process and they were like, just let me out of the house. <laughs> I just need to get out of the house and back with the kids. But there comes a point where routine becomes too much. So you get to learn how to choose for yourself what works for you. So if you're going through a lot at home, you might need to communicate to your line manager that there's quite a lot going on for you at the moment. And if you can reduce the changes a little bit, then we can go that way. But also knowing your boundaries. And this is a big one for teachers. Where are the boundaries? what feels good for you and what doesn't feel good for you, right? You're knowing yourself where your boundaries are. And when things you don't like happen, you know, not to do it again, right? Mm. Um, and, and kids are watching all of this. You know, if you're going around saying yes to everything, they're going to learn, oh, you say yes to everything. Is that what we do? We say yes to everything. But there comes a point where you get to say, okay, I'm at my capacity, and I need space. And I just want to get across that that is perfectly okay. Especially if your body is trying to process the stress. So I don't just work with mindset. I work with teachers that have been through burnout. And I work with nutrition. No one is forcing you, right? It would be illegal for anyone to force you into a 70, 80 hour week. There is no one stood over you going, you cannot have your break time until you get the work done apart from yourself. Now I've coached a, uh, one of my uh, clients last week and she's been in teaching for about six, seven years now. 
Um, and for her, she was like, do you know what? I, I rewrite everything I do each year. I was like, why? Why do you rewrite it completely? You know, I, I never use the same lesson. Why? Because if anything, the light side of using the same lesson is that you know it works. So when the next year group comes through who have never seen that lesson before, they then know, you know, that they're going to get the results out of it. And if something doesn't work, you can tweak it. So I call it tweak of the week. You just tweak it, right? Um, and then you keep tweaking it until you find a routine pattern that works and you stick with it. So when we were talking about all the changes that happen and the routine that you can create, there are certain things in your control that you can make routine. So I've, I've coached other, I've coached an NQT before and she was um, saying, you know, I have this group and there's a few autistic kids in there um, and I need to make sure everything's ready. So I skipped my dinner um, and I just worked through to make sure everything is ready for tomorrow. And I said, okay, cool. That's the situation that's happened today, right? We don't need to beat you up about it, right? You starved yourself to get the stuff there for the kids for the next day, yeah? Um, so she put herself last, mm -hmm. right? And what we get to learn as teachers, how do we put ourselves first without that guilt? So I said, okay, in that scenario, the job had to be done. Okay, I get that the kids, because they're autistic, would have would have suffered if they didn't have the stuff there. So what could you do next time to make sure stuff's there without skipping dinner? She went, well, I could use the stuff that I created this time as a backup. I could just have it there ready. I said, yeah, there's no reason why you can't have backup lesson plans just in case worst case scenario, you run out of time. So it's about growing through the experiences. You don't have to rewrite everything continuously from scratch because the person that's seen it before is you. Yeah. The kids haven't seen it before. Mm. Um, so it, it's really working on what things are in my control and what things are out of. So yes, there's certain things that are come, will come down from leadership. And the more you can clear your plates from little things like, you know, how much effort do you need to put into a display board? You know, I've seen really successful display boards that have taken very little time. And I've even seen posts on Instagram that said, this is the one I used last year that I'm using again. Fantastic. I'm over the moon when I read that. And then I've seen other ones going, I took my entire weekend to do my display board. Why? Right? Why? <laughs> like, you don't need to. Easier said than done, though. Because if you have a deep story of proving something or fear of a consequence, if you don't do it perfectly, then you're going to push yourself beyond where you need to. And at Balance for Teachers, it's not about um, it's not about trying to work on controlling or, or fixing situations that you're in. It's about so we use the balance strategy, hence we're called Balance for Teachers. Um, I. I put it together. So I had, it took 10 years for me to recover from burnout. Um, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn. And I paid lots of money into different things of nutrition coaches. I went to mindset coaches and eventually qualified in all of the areas. Cause I was like, I just need to get it. Like I want to understand what my body is trying to tell me. And we, like one Christmas, um, a couple of years ago, I was laying in bed and I was like, I'm not getting out of bed until I can put it into an acronym. 
So balance became an acronym and it was everything that I did. So I laid there and I was like, what did I do to go from burnout to balance? Like, what did I do? And I realized that with all the science that I've studied, with everything that I needed, you don't need to add to your to-do list. It's about taking a breath, which is the B, right? If you take a breath, many of you probably have heard of this because a lot of it's going around with mental awareness and things like that. When you take a deep breath in and your exhale is longer than your inhale, you trigger your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. Okay, so it calms the body back down. Now, when we as humans, it takes you less than nine seconds to react. If, if you're under stress, you are more likely to react if you perceive that something that triggers an emotion in you right? You can't stop it. There's no way of stopping it. The only thing you can do is breathe. And when I work with clients, what we work out is what does your body do? Like, do your eyes begin to water? Do you find that your heart starts racing? Do you get hot? Do you feel nauseous? Your physical response are, responses are easier to see when you feel threatened. And what I want to get across to those that I work with and those who listen to what I do and follow me is stress is not a bad thing, right? We have put a meaning attached to stress to say that stress means illness, means bad, means I failed. No, right? Stress in your body is telling you that there is a threat. It's a protection mechanism. Now, threats in thousands, thousands of years ago was there's a lion chasing me, I'm going to die, right? It was like, you know, I've got to live, so I've got to run. Now it's, oh my gosh, there's a pile of marking, right? You're not going, there's nothing's going to happen to you really that you can't deal with, but your brain is going, that's it, that's the end, it's all over, 100%, all or nothing. Oh my gosh, I'm not through the marking. Unless I finish it all, I'm not going to survive. And it's just not true right? But until we experience that, we don't know. So the first step in balance is to breathe. Like whenever you feel that threat in your body, just breathe. Because once you calm your body, you'll be able to respond rather than react. Then you, once you've taken a breath, you can then get awareness, right? Okay, what is it that part of me feels is a threat? What's going on? Then you can listen to yourself, Okay, and then this is what a lot of the coaching does when I when I work with clients is that we're looking at, okay, what does it mean to part of you? Right? What is it that someone said or done that's caused an emotion to be triggered as, oh my God, goodness, this is a threat, right? Something needs to be dealt with. So we've taken a breath to get awareness, to listen to ourselves so we can align our next step right? So that's the next two letters. How can you align your next step? There's no right or wrong. It can be a huge step if you are comfortable and confident, or it might be a small step. Yeah, sometimes when I feel threatened, all I can do is go, okay, in order to fill out the form for my interview is I need to pick up the pen. That's it. Yeah, that's all you need to do. You don't have to go to the interview yet. But your brain is like, I'm going to need to sit in that interview. And what if I don't get the job? And what if I'm not good enough? And what if I No, you just have to pick up the pen and fill out the form. That is it. Because if your brain knows what it needs to do next, 
then you won't feel anxious and you might feel a little bit like all oh, this is new but the less new you can make it the better we've all picked up a pen before we've all filled out a form before so that the more you can reduce anxiety is by answering the gap if we don't know what's going to happen if it feels out of our control then we end up circling in our heads and we get more and more threatened which causes more and more stress in the body which makes the body work harder the last letter in balance is just to evolve so the more that you do it the more you start to realize that actually everything's in your control because you can always bring it back you can always slow it down We don't have to wait for someone else's permission to say, okay, you can stop marking now, right? No one's going to do it. And even if they did, if someone said to you, okay, you don't need to do that marking tonight, you'll probably still go, I need to do it. And you'll find a reason why it needs to be done because part of you is in that moment fearing a consequence that might not happen. Mm. So the balance strategy was my journey uh, I've had lots of teachers apply it now. Um, I, I always find it quite funny because um, I have teachers come back to me and go, oh, yeah, you know, everyone in my school knows your name. I'm like, well, why is that? Um, because it's the ripple effect. I've had people come back to me and go, you know what? Actually, my kids are starting to, to do it, right? And I had a, a, a teacher last was it last week or the week before say to me and I, I just cried <laughs> when when it when you see something work I think we've all seen it when a kid gets an idea oh, and they, they get the concept their face lights up and you're like I, I have the same thing with my clients I'm like yes but it just took it that step further when I said at the beginning Dave about my vision being how can I reduce stress-related illness not just for this generation but the next so they don't even have to experience it is um she said to me, she went, you know what, all the work I've done with you over the last 12 weeks, um, I, she worked in a Senko, I believe it was, and she had these eight children in her class. And one of them is very uh, disruptive, uh, gets very aggressive and doesn't really know how to handle her emotions. And so she'd taken her stuff into the classroom and she was saying to her, and it was primary, and she was saying to her, um, okay, today I need you to work with me because I'm not feeling great today. It's been a bit of a rough morning. So if we can work together, then um, can we make an agreement, which is the balance strategy? So it works not only with you, but with other people that we can support each other today. And if you need anything, let me know. And she was like, yeah. So over the weeks, every morning, she'd let her class know how she was that day. And she'd communicate how she felt and how they were going to work through the day together. And lo and behold, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, this girl walked up to her and went, Miss, I, uh, I'm just feeling really angry today. Like, I just feel really, really angry. And I'm not really sure what to do. So she said, okay, do you want to go and spend a little bit of time on your own? Get yourself a bit of space. And then when you feel ready, you can come back and you can start your reading. And she said to me, she went 20 minutes later, I turned around. She'd come out of the calm area, gone to her book and just read. No complaint, no anything. She went and read. And I even now it's given me t- I was like, wow, just wow. That all she'd done is watched her teacher do it and realized that all she really needed to calm down was space. She just needed a bit of space for herself. And, you know, if kids can get the concepts, yes, adults can get it. It feels in the moment, you're like, how will I ever not feel anxious? How will I ever switch off? You can get there 
but it's about learning to listen to yourself and not waiting for someone else to tell you what to do or try to prove something or get it right or, or any of that, which we've learned growing up, right? We learn you're a good girl, you're a good boy. We're not really sure how we are a good girl or boy. And then we're looking for that attention as an adult, but obviously as an adult, no one's that bothered. You just get, they're like, get on with your job, like just do your job. So event it, 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 what it really comes down to is meanings. You know, what do things actually truly mean to you? And then you'll find out what is triggering you into like a self-sabotaging cycle. The balance strategy I just mentioned, I just want as many people to have it as possible because for me, it was a lifesaver. And it's not something that you do once. It's something that becomes ingrained in you. And so what I do is I run a five day free challenge so that all your investment is, is to show up for you. And that's kind of the first thing is, can you put yourself up first and show up for the five day free discover life outside work challenge? And so what I do is it's in a Facebook group. It opens every 12 weeks where I allow people to come in. And for five days, you have all of my attention. Um, I bring people into the group and I set little me time assignments that take a minimum of 15 minutes. But you can take as much time as you need. And each day across Monday to Friday, we work through the elements of the balance strategy. So you can actually apply it and then see and experience it for yourself in your world, in your environment, and then just be able to see, like, can you take this into your life and apply it? So the five day free challenge is for teachers anywhere. Um, And I've had teaching assistants come on as well. It's absolutely fine. Five day challenge is for there to get the balance strategy out. So it's completely free. And the reason why I only do it every 12 weeks is because it for a week, I'm just there with you guys um so it's really good to be able to see in that week okay how does it work and also um you get to see other teachers and a lot of people realize oh I because you go home in your own head and then you start to witness other people and you're like oh actually I'm not alone with this and you get to see I bring some of the guys from the discover life outside work accelerator into the five-day challenge so that you can hear how they've got on after 12 weeks. So if the five day challenge works for you and the, the methods and strategies that I use, you're like, wow, this has really impacted me. What I do after that is the Discover Life Outside Work Accelerator program, which is 12 weeks. And in those 12 weeks, you have lifetime access to all of the strategies I use to get from burnout to balance. So not just the balance strategy, I think there's about 60 strategies. Um, and what they're called is me time assignments. So you get the same sort of setup from Monday to Friday. I post one small thing for 15 minutes. And then every other week we do biweekly coaching where we delve deeper into the meanings of things. And then I also do a one to one uh, reduce anxiety and switch off coaching program. That's again, 12 weeks. Um, that one to one program I work a little bit deeper into the nutrition side of things. So six pillars of health and confidence, sleep, nutrition, uh, active fun. So moving. Um, So we go through the six pillars and what we do is work out for you. What's what are your six pillars? And so another great episode is coming to an end. Thank you all for listening. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again next week for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School launch pad.